Mix in the Dark. Hey, what's up? It's Mai Yang from Mix in the Dark. There are so many things to update y'all during this intro, so I do apologize. It is going to be a tad long. But first, I want to take some time to thank everyone who came out to the trunk retreat. I had such an amazing time meeting people and passing out candies. More than 500 kids came by, and that's super crazy. And I know because I had like five bags of candy, each with about 150 pieces in there. And by the time we finished the second bag, I had to tell my crew to start handing out just one piece per child. I even had to tell my sister to go buy three more bags and we gave out every little piece of candy. It was kind of funny because I thought just a few kids would come by, right? And that I would have time to sit and wait around. Nope, there was a constant flow of kids and our trunk had a line going because we had activities to get candies and my dumb self wore heels and I squatted for every single child because I really wanted to make the experience meaningful for them and I wanted to watch and cheer on every single child and my legs were burning by the end of the day. That's like 500 plus squats, y'all. Well, congratulations to the trunk that won best trunk. I think it was Hmong themed and this girl had herself dressed in Hmong clothing and she had half her body peeking out and never once smiled when kids came by to grab candy from her. Um, my sister went to her trunk and she said it was super creepy, but you know, that's why she's a winner. She deserves that win because I don't know how to not smile at cute little kiddos for three full hours straight on. This was so worth it though. People ask if I would do it again and I totally would, but I think I would do it every other year so that I can take my own kiddo trunk retreating too on the off years that is. Um, okay, so time to update you on how my podcasting class with high schoolers is going. It is now week three. They have learned the steps to making a podcast. We looked at stats and we studied top rated podcasts. We learned how to design our podcast brand and write scripts depending on the type of podcast that we're hosting. And last week I gave them a challenge as a way to practice podcasting. I told them to write a script for a question and answer episode, and we're going to use these scripts to practice recording and talking into a mic as if we were doing an actual episode, and I think it's going to be so much fun. And with that said, I am almost at my goal for purchasing mics for the classroom. I am about $50 away before my class becomes fully funded. Big shout outs to Macy, Nicole, Ying, and Va for donating money toward microphones for my class. I have another shout out for Sal for donating a USB microphone for the class. Any extra money will be used toward smaller things like USB to phone converters, multiple USB hubs, etc. Just things that would be helpful for the students. A little goes a long way, so I thank you so much for those who have donated so far and have supported the class so far. I'm going to transition and talk a little bit about this story. The writer who sent it to me is related to my episode called It Lives in the Basement. It was so interesting to me to hear this part of the story told from a different perspective, and I won't tell you how this person is related to the person who gave me the other episode, but if you listen to both, you could probably figure it out. With that said, please enjoy this episode. I am a person who experiences a lot of weird things. My parents are divorced. I have three brothers and an older sister. When my parents got divorced, my sister and I went with my mom. I would say I was maybe around three or four years old when they got separated. I would say that my mom was not stable financially during that time, so we would often visit my grandma at her senior home. My mom would pretend like we were just visiting when we were actually there to sleep. 
It wasn't long before my grandma passed away. I don't even remember much of her. When she passed, we would rotate between living with my uncles and aunties. One night, I had a dream of myself in a library. I was sitting alone, and out of nowhere my mom came rushing to me. She held me close and tight. The next thing you know, my grandma was running around the library. It was so fast, we saw her passing all the shelves around us. All you could hear was my grandma's voice saying, You can't love her. You can't take care of her. Just let me take her with me so that you can be free. My grandma was running so fast and between the shelves that we couldn't even see her in one spot. It felt forever as she repeated herself and my mom saying, No, I won't let her go. Right before waking up from my dreams, my grandmother dashed straight at us, and as soon as her hands were just about to reach me, I woke up. I woke up fearing my grandma. I saw my mom sleeping beside me. I sighed in relief. I felt warmth just staring at her as her arms were around me. I calmed down and closed my eyes knowing that she was still asleep right next to me. When I did this, I heard her mumble, I won't let her go. I was shocked. It was like we were having the same dream. Some time had passed since that dream. My mom took us to live with my auntie. My auntie lived near a graveyard. She has lots of kids of her own, but they welcomed us even though they had struggles of their own. If I remember correctly, my aunt's house had three rooms. The main room is my aunt's, and the other two rooms were taken over by my older cousins. They had two boy cousins that slept in the living room. My other girl cousins, my sister, mom, and I slept in the basement. I remember one early morning, I woke up to my mom closing the basement door and leaving to go to work. As a kid, I loved my mom very much and was very clingy, so I tried to get to her before she left the house. As I ran up the stairs, I opened the basement door to hear my mom already close the front door. I ran to the front door and tried to open it, but my small arms couldn't reach the top lock. Eventually, I gave up, slouched down, and just cried. As I cried, I heard some clicking noise coming from the kitchen. I lifted my head to see what was the noise. I started to see a small figure that looked like a small little girl. It had some long nails that were tapping on the kitchen table. I slowly moved my way to my two cousins that were sleeping on the couch. As I stared at the kitchen, the figure looked as if it was getting bigger and bigger. I got scared and went under the blanket at the bottom of my cousin's feet. I felt the thing come closer and closer to me. I don't even remember what happened or how long it went for, but the next thing you know, my aunt and everyone else was trying to wake me up to question why I was sleeping on my cousin's feet. I told them what happened, but I don't think they believed me. My auntie talked to my mom about this, and until this day, I don't know what it was and what my auntie and mom discussed. A couple of years later, my dad got custody of my sister and I. Later on in the year, my sister ran away to go back to my mom. She didn't want to take me because she knew how my mom struggled. My dad was already remarried, so I had a stepbrother now too. My next experience happened during the year 2013. I was a high school student who loved to ditch school a lot and just go over to my friends and just chill there. We would hang out until dark and I would walk home most of the night. It wasn't a long walk, maybe 15 minutes or more, but I don't remember being scared. One day, I had a strange dream. In my dream, I was in my brother's room and somehow there was a tiger that was trying to attack me. 
I ran to my brother's closet and hid in there. The door suddenly opened. I was so scared, but it was my stepbrother who opened the door. He grabbed my hands and said to run. There were so many random people in the house. We ran past the second living room, past the kitchen, and past the first living room where there was another tiger blocking the door out. For some reason, the tigers were just going after me. My brother took me up the stairs, and going upstairs, there was an attic that is on top of the side wall. My brother lifted me up, and he got up and closed the door. We could hear the two tigers clawing at the door, trying to get in. It went on forever, and then it finally stopped. Then we heard an old grandma's voice saying, It's gone for now, you can come out. We were scared, but we opened the door anyway, only to see a white, bright light. That was when I woke up. Tigers are significant in the Hmong culture, especially when they appear as a spiritual phenomenon. Tigers are usually associated with a man that we call Juhia. Juhia is a powerful demon man who can transform himself into a tiger. It is said that his powers are so strong that he can wake up the dead or take the living to make them his followers. The story behind this man is that he practices dark magic and is really good at it. It is said that he learned how to use his black magic to transform himself into a tiger to scare people and steal their valuables. Because of this, he was in constant war with the king of tigers. His reasoning for taking the souls of humans was that he wanted to turn them into his soldiers to prepare for war when the king of tigers attack. It is said that he often prey on vulnerable individuals who are mentally or emotionally unwell. A day later, my two friends came over. I used to sleep upstairs, but my brother and his wife moved back in, so I had to move into the basement. I need to explain the layout of the basement in order to fully tell my story. Our basement is shaped like a fat L, but reversed. My dad divided the basement so that there are three sections. I made the far end of the L my makeup closet room. The middle section is where my bed is and all my desk and other junk. The upper end is where my auntie and cousins sleep. My friends were sitting on my bed. I was sitting on a chair and happened to burp. One of my friends said, you know, if you burp it means there's a ghost next to you. I get spooked very easily, so I jumped onto my bed with them. We laughed and that was when I suddenly remembered my dream, so I told my friends because her mom is a shaman. She said to me that dreams involving tigers mean that there is someone bad trying to get into your house like a bonzong, or it could also mean that someone bad is already in your house. I want to pause to note that many Hmong folks associate a bonzong with Juhia. They are like Juhia's followers. Anyway, she recommended that I tell my parents to do an oning for me or else for the house. When they left, I went to my parents' laundromat and cleaned, and I told my stepmom about my dream and that my friend said it's best to do an oning. She said it's just a dream and there was nothing to worry about, so I left it at that. The days went on and I kept having weird dreams. Once I had a dream that I was at a crowd at a concert, but the main person on stage was also me. I kept switching from being on stage to being in the audience. In this dream, I met up with my friend, the one whose mom is a shaman, and I told her about my dreams. She explained that she told my dreams to her mom and that her mom said we needed to do an oning ritual right away. That day, I told my stepmom that my best friend's mom said to do it, and I asked my stepmom to ask our auntie and uncle to perform a shaman ritual for me. My mom said she asked and told her that I'm experiencing all this because I go out too much. I then woke up from my dream. 
Hmong folks believe that if you go out enough late at night, something may latch onto you and follow you home and create disturbances in your household. One morning, I was getting ready to go to school. My mirror was leaning against the wall, and if you look in my mirror, you could see my bed. As I got myself ready, combing my hair at the same time, I noticed some black hair behind me. My hair was brown at the time, so I thought to myself, how come I've never seen this chunk of black hair before? Confused, I tried to grab it. I then noticed a black figure standing next to my bed. I quickly turned around and all I saw was something black flying toward me. I don't know if I was scared or if I actually got pushed back, but I fell backward and smashed my mirror. I cried very loud and screamed at the top of my lungs because I knew my sister-in-laws were up during this time getting ready for work. When I realized that no one heard me, I quickly grabbed my cell phone and called one of my friends. I made her stay in the line with me while I grabbed my clothes to wear for school and my backpack, and I quickly ran up the stairs. As I ran up the stairs to the kitchen, I saw that the hallway lights upstairs were on. I quickly ran to see that my sister-in-law was in the bathroom getting ready. I bawled my eyes out and yelled at her for not hearing my scream and not helping me. She explained that she did not hear a single thing the whole entire time that she was up. She comforted me and said that she would tell my mom later on since she's heard of my dreams. The weekend came and my parents finally did an awning for us and the house. They didn't tell me what it was, but they told me to stop going out late at night. Things will follow you thinking you are lonely. I met my boyfriend, now husband, in 2014. He had a lot of friends and we would often hang out. One day, out of the blue at school, I heard the Hmong flute instrument and funeral drums playing. It was a quick sound as if it played only in my ears. I thought I might have missed some other sound, so I just shrugged it off. It is a superstition that when someone randomly hears funeral instruments playing, someone close to you is going to pass. Later that day, I found out that my boyfriend's friend's girlfriend had an accident and passed away. I didn't think too much of it. A couple of years later, I got married. I was pregnant with my first baby, and toward the end of my third trimester, I kept having dreams of me dying in labor. I would have the same dream over and over again. I decided to let my mom know. She explained that my in-laws should do a ritual where they separate my soul from a baby's soul so that if one didn't make it, the other will. My mom called my mother-in-law to explain this to her. My mother-in-law answered that she has never done anything for her kids and they all have ended up okay. My mom was worried, so she politely asked if it was okay for her to do something for me, hoping to not offend my in-laws. My mother-in-law said yes as long as I didn't mind it. My in-laws are not as traditional as my parents, so they didn't see a need for it. It didn't mean that they are uncaring. The ritual happened, and I never had those dreams again. Who knows what would have happened if my parents didn't do that ritual? Would I have really died? Or was I just too worried about labor? My labor was definitely hard and difficult, but we ended up healthy and well. I ended up working at a call center with my sister-in-law. My cousin and his wife worked there too. My cousin's wife and I were the new people who stayed late until 7 p.m. We had the cells next to the windows and were right next to each other. Usually during this time, our supervisors and other coworkers would have left home already, so that night, it was just us on that floor. We were your typical workers when supervisors weren't around. We would slack off and watch movies or just touch our phones. It was very quiet. 
All of a sudden, I heard the Hmong flute and drums playing again. I leaned back to look over at my cousin's wife to see what she was watching in case the sound came from her. It didn't. I was confused and I asked her if she heard it too. She said no. I stood up to see if I could see any other co-workers around us. I went to take a walk around the floor and I found a few people doing their work quietly. I came back and sat down and I just shrugged it off. We both left home. A week later, my stepmom called and said Grandpa had just passed away. I thought about when I heard the Hmong flute and drums twice now. Death seems to follow the flute and drum sound. A couple of years later, I heard that one of my cousins had a heart attack and has been in the hospital. I was home alone with my two kids sound asleep. I was walking to the living room when I all of a sudden heard the sound again. This time, it was louder than most. As I stopped, I ran to my kids' room and just jumped into their bed and called my husband to stay on the phone until his parents got home. I instantly thought of my cousin at the hospital. Just a day or two, I learned that my cousin had passed away. I called my stepmom right away and told her what I experienced and what I just heard a couple of days ago. I blamed myself. I told her if I had told her or auntie that maybe we could have done something or done an onning for her to save her somehow, I don't know. My stepmom calmed me down and said, it's okay, you just didn't know what it meant. Next time, you have to yell. You have to yell and ask, who is it for? Who will it be? I calmed myself down and I stopped crying. It wasn't too long before I heard the same musical instrument sound again. I heard it while we were in bed sleeping. I remember what my mom told me to do, but I was too scared to yell, who is it for? So I just closed my eyes and I went back to sleep. It ended up being my auntie. I gave myself a hard time because of this. She was a loving auntie who cared so much for my brothers and I, even in our situation. Maybe all the instrument sounds I heard were just all coincidences to the deaths. It was the day of my brother's birthday and we had moved into a new home now. Our kids have their own room, but sometimes one of them will wake up to come sleep with us. So either my husband or I will wake up to go to their room to sleep with our other child. This was one of those nights. I ended up being the one to go sleep with my son in their room. I fell asleep and dreamt that I was at a festival. I was alone, but was with a crowd that was dancing. At one point, they stared at me as if it was my turn to dance. I didn't know what to do, so I didn't do it, and it offended them. They started chasing me with spears. I ran around trying to lose them in the crowd. When I finally lost them, I ended up finding my two brothers. They told me to stay with them and that they will help me. All of a sudden, they were hungry and instructed me to stay there while they walked to the food trucks. I watched them waiting for their food. Then I heard a baby cry. I turned around and there was a truck behind me. I followed the cries to the back of the truck to find two babies. One of them was my stepbrother's newborn baby. We don't get to see them often, so I decided to take that chance to hold the newborn. I held her and snuggled her tight. As I looked up to look for my brothers, I saw that only one of them was now standing where we came from. It happened to be the stepbrother whose baby I was holding. He walked slowly and I noticed that he was now in old traditional Hmong clothing. He had a black top with black pants and a pink sash on his waist. He was saying in Hmong slowly, Me Shelly. Me Shelly. 
I was terrified. I walked backwards with his baby in my arms, and he said it again. Me, Shelly. What he said was, Shelly, why can't I find my loving sister? Right when he said my sister's name, I stopped walking backwards. I told myself, that's my brother. Why am I scared of my brother? I let him come closer to me, and he was almost to me, and then I woke up. It was pitch black, and for some reason, I could feel as if he was right there waiting for me to go back to sleep because he had something to tell me. I waited, but felt too scared, so I jumped out of bed to open the door. I paused for a few seconds before actually opening it. The thought of my brother and moan clothes scared me. Just a background note that traditional moan clothes is often a scary thing to see, especially when you see it out of nowhere because it is what family members put on an individual when they know that that individual only has a few hours to live. I was scared to open that door. What if I see him out there? The truth is, I was ready to run to my husband, but I forgot that my son was with me. I turned back and laid down. I left the lights on and I just stayed up until the sunrise. I was scared to go back to sleep because each time I blinked, I could see him waiting for me. Staring at the ceiling in bed, I then realized that today was my brother's birthday. I texted him right away crying and telling him to be careful and that I had a very bad dream about him. He told me that he was not going into work either way because he wanted the day off. He told me to tell my mom too, which I did. With all my experiences, my mom finally took this one seriously. I fought my tears trying to tell them my dream. My voice was shaky and I had to catch my breath a few times. They ended up doing an awning ritual for my brother and his family. My brother's mother-in-law passed away not too long after this dream. Are these dreams coincidences anymore? My last experience that I will tell you is with my kids. When moving into this house, my kids would say that they are scared. My mother-in-law ended up taking my daughter out with her. When they came home, my mother-in-law told me that she went to visit a friend who is a shaman. She tied a blessing string to my daughter's wrist to keep her from crying and being scared. I thank her for taking my daughter. Later that night, my mother-in-law came to me again and said, I forgot. This is a wooden knife that she carved out for your daughter. It's to be put under her pillow so that she does not have any more bad dreams at night. I said okay and placed it under her pillow. Hmong folks believe that wooden knives transform into actual swords that your spiritual house watchers will use to protect whomever's pillow it is under. Our kids were scared, so we placed their beds on the floor in our room. My husband works the second shift, so doesn't get back home until 11pm, sometimes even later. I noticed that my kids were starting to whine a lot about being scared, and now my daughter added that she sees ghosts in the room. I always tell them that it was nothing and to stop being scared and that daddy will come home soon. They would cry and whine even more. It would be so much that the only way to keep them from crying was to have them sleep on my bed with me until their dad comes home. He would then move them back into their bed while they were sleeping. This went on for weeks. One Saturday, my husband decided to pick up overtime for work. He left early in the morning and came back at 8 a.m. I was up already. When he got home, he told me that he was tired and that he was going to go to sleep. I decided to go back to sleep too since I didn't work until later. I probably needed that sleep anyway. I dozed off to sleep. Suddenly, I woke up to a slap on my face. 
I immediately opened my eyes. It didn't hurt, but I still felt the pressure and hit on my face. I knew it was something because when I got slapped, I did not feel the bed move. I turned to look at my husband and he was facing the other way. There was no way of him turning that fast without moving the bed and me not feeling the bed. I got scared and I ended up staying up. It was this moment that I began to think that maybe my kids were telling the truth and that they were actually seeing something. I told my husband the situation and he yelled at me saying that I should not have taken things from others that I did not know. I told my mother-in-law and she said to just throw the wooden knife away. Sometimes those things aren't fit for your situation so it will make something happen to let you know. In my case, it was that slap on the face. That was just recent too. I don't know what else I will experience, but I sure hope I don't have any more experiences. Thank you for listening to Mix in the Dark. I am your host, Mai Ying. Mix in the Dark is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast series. If you have a story that you would like to share, please send it to mixinthedark at gmail.com. If there's a story that you really enjoyed, feel free to hit up my tip jar on Venmo. Just search Mixed in the Dark on the Business tab.